0: Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the PPC Chat Roundup. In today's episode, we have Julie Biccini lead the discussion on the topic of messy match types and account structures. Now, this is based off um, a tweet towards an article that PPC Kirk, a.k.a. Kirk Williams, wrote um, on behalf of his company, Zato. And basically just talking about keyword match type and segmentation and whether keyword match type segmentation is dead because when I started especially it was um, very much you just separate account structure you separate keywords different match types in different ad groups so even different campaigns if the the budget was big enough but right now the question is is there any points to doing that anymore and there's a whole article that um Kirk wrote about that I'm not going to give any tips into it you just need to go and read it and you know just figure out what the different mag types are what whether you agree with the suggestions of what is best to be used now compared to before before like when close variants especially with the issue of close variants and whether that has really messed up how we do mag types anyway enough for me and um, hope you enjoy and let's get into it Hello, and a warm welcome to this episode of the PPC Chat Roundup, a podcast where I round up the Twitter discussion that happens on Tuesdays at 5 p.m. GMT. I'm your host, Anu, and I'm recording here back to my usual studio here in London, UK. If you listened to last week's episode, you'll hear that I was recording from Prague um, because I'd booked um time out there. I wasn't actually on holiday because with Marin Software, the company I'm with, you can work from home or from anywhere as long as you have an internet connection and you can join the meeting. So I was out there on a Tuesday, so I brought my second best microphone. So apologies for the sound quality, but we're back on the good old road podcaster uh, microphone that works a treat, I feel. Uh, So yeah, back here in my studio here in London, UK, and using this platform to share not just expert, but also my ideas and considered best practices about paid media and the direction the digital industry is going in. So if you wanna keep up to date with my tips and tricks in the industry and get the latest on the podcast that has been called your go-to, if you don't make it to the PPC chat live discussions, and even if you do, then like, follow, share, retweet on that's right Twitter with the handle the marketing Anu, or join us on our LinkedIn group, which is the PPC Chat Roundup podcast. Or if you're on Instagram, check us out at PPC Chat underscore Roundup to get quotes and snippets from our previous episodes. So yeah, we've got um, our chat from Julie uh, today. Leaning our chat. Um, on the topic of messy, match types and account structures. Um, she gives the link to the article that Kirk wrote, which I'll add to the show notes later. But yeah, she first asks us how we're doing. See, you know, as the usual roll call goes, Julia Vice joins us as well as Boris Beckerig, who I'm delighted to say was the first to buy a ticket to my PPC Live UK event that's happening on, on the 28th of July in London, UK. So if you're in town, please check that out you can go on my linkedin profile or my twitter profile to see the link where to you can register but anyway kirk williams obviously joined as well and we're very grateful for that he gives a more insight into the article james verboda anders Hoth and Sean Ellie and yeah a lot of our usuals and as Julie usually goes she does a PSA going before we get to questions. This chat is intended for PPC professionals of all levels. If you have something you want to share, please do. We are a friendly and supportive community. Please don't be afraid to participate. Lurkers as well as just the listeners to the podcast episodes, of course, are always welcome as well so let's get into the questions we've got julie starting us with question one saying which keyword match types are you currently targeting in your google ads campaign why are you using or not using the available match types so broad phrase or exact we've got james verbode replying um exact 90 percent of keywords and phrase 9.9 to 9 percent of keywords broad only under specific circumstances. Julia Weiss goes, phrase and exact, we are leaning heavily into voice search and while meanings won't show us which device people actually use, we are seeing more and more conversation and questions in our education and public sector queries. And as replies to question one saying, mostly sticking to exact match and phrase match for control. There is a great case for using broad in Pmax, but we haven't quite taken the step yet. Sean Ellie replies to question one saying mainly phrase and exact our clients are on the smaller side and can't afford to waste huge chunks of budget on sloppy matches by Google, so very little broad. Boris Beckerik replies to question one saying, depends on the client and account goal. If it needs to be super strict, I tend to go with exact with some phrase sprinkled in. Currently working on an enterprise level account where we are seeing stellar results, also using broad and smart bidding. Julie then um, replies to question one saying, I currently use phrase and exact. I'm going to more exact and less phrase as I become increasingly frustrated with a phrase being what broad match modified was and being not being able to see so many damn queries. She continues, I should add that my client mix is currently all low volume in any given month clients. So much of the advantages of machine learning just misses them. So much of the ma- advantages of machine learning just misses them so yeah small brands small clients means yeah very hard to improve machine learning on them and um, yeah, Sarah Thiemann replies to Sean Elliott, where she, Sean had said mainly phrase and exact, and she goes same with her. She also continues saying, I start with phrase to offer the best of both worlds with exact and the small radius hyperlocal campaigns I run. We do run into low search volume, so phrase is a happy medium. And the Julie replies, the dreaded low search volume status. So yeah, everybody. Everybody has seen that James for continues his answer question once and recently analyzed a broad based keyword campaign for 2021 results where we analyzed offline sales, zero offline sales for 2021, even though good CPL and volume keywords that affect the funnel are important and Julia vice replies now this is what i call testing testing is always important alex nicole replies to question once in i primarily use phrase and exact match i will test out broad match occasionally in ad groups with well-established negatives but i haven't and won't anytime soon upgrade my existing keywords to broad match as google says (laughs) yeah the whole use broad match can be um Nerve-wracking. Sarah Steeman replies, continues to answer the question once and continued. Broad is just that, too broad, but sometimes I have to use it to explore keywords or or to just spend money when the money has to be spent. Some have to spend regardless. Dylan online replies to question one saying, only use phrase match and exact match. I will use broad match sometimes, but only if I really need to. I prefer not to though, because the results haven't won me over yet. Julia Vice continues to answer question one saying, I, I should say I use broad quite a bit in Microsoft ads. It's fully just a different thing for them. And there are times when broad, testing in a target audience framework can be helpful and we have Ashton Clark that's a new name in this community and he answers question one saying, our agency mainly uses phrase match RIP to BMM which used to be our go-to as well as exact match so that's phrase match and exact match main reason is to better control the traffic we are driving as we've rarely seen good results from pure broad match and Then, yeah, he continues that said we've seen better performance from broad match keywords when we layer a remarketing or other audience into the campaign as well and kirk gives his answer to question one say we primarily use exact match and phrase with controlled broad and dsa use usage so that's dynamic search ads a lot of it depends on client needs goals industry how good google is in that vertical for target intent yes i find it ranges by account, I'll, yeah, I'd imagine your rages by industry as well, and then yeah, Julie replies to that saying, "I have warned considerable, I have warmed considerably to DSA in the last few years. One thing to note about using it for non e commerce site." Your site probably does not talk all that much about what the client actually sells or wants to have ads trigger for very eye opening for them. Julia Weiss replies, uh, indexing the site map is so common and for public sector, they can't just quickly eliminate or restructure content. Messy. And James Boboda gives another answer to question one saying have started pausing phrase match keywords for tenured accounts where exact is covered extensively and we are limited by budget. that's a good strategy there and then we have good old nava hopkins replying to question one saying i use all match types however i'm strategic about which keyword concepts get put on each match type and use ad group negative to direct budget she continues then broad match typically gets its own ad group sometimes campaign exact will be for the longer tail concepts and phrase match is for the two to four word keywords and Julia Vice replies to Ashton Clark, where he has said, that said, we've seen better performance from broad match keywords when we layer a remarketing audience into the campaign as well. So, yeah, Julie Vice goes, there it is. Broad has its place, but it needs guardrails a lot of guardrails make sure you watch those negatives make sure you do audience audience layering that's i feel this is the best way to actually do it and then we've got kirk replying to julie where she had said i have warmed consider- considerably to dsa in the last few years kirk goes i really don't see both dsa and broad match continuing I used to think DSA would consume Broad eventually, but PMAX has me wondering if DSA is about to get killed or it will be PMAX or keyword campaigns which would keep Broad around. And Mark replies, have you ever tried to promote Pepsi Max UK using a Performance Max campaign? It breaks Google (laughs) ads. I'm guessing he's the one that manages the Pepsi Max UK accounts. And Sarah Steeman goes, yeah, last tweet on this one, I inherit... Fully broad match keyword accounts all the time, and I sometimes have to live with the waste because the client can't cope with a drastic drop in conversions, even if it is explained. And then Julie takes us on to question two, saying Are you currently running campaigns with segmented match types in Google Ads? If so, why? And if not, why not? And Nava Hopkins jumps on this question saying, I haven't done this since 2016 segmenting match types out save for broad match as a catch all creates too many opportunities for accidental duplicates and impression share lost to rank absolutely team power data ad group campaign. As she continues, oh no, Julia Weiss then replies to that saying, big fan of the duplicate finder and editor for when I'm segmenting the same search word by different audiences. Eagle eyes indeed. Yeah. I was actually very happy about that Google ads, especially the editor picks that out. You can just click a find duplicate keywords and it will show you all the duplicate search terms. across all the different campaign times you have in there. Kirk Williams replies to question two saying, overall, no, see my article practically in certain instances. Yes. Two examples, limited budget accounts where we primarily use exact brand campaigns, where we want to control brand or non-brand segmentation. Close variants sometimes suck at these abyss. Julia Vice replies, my sometimes is constant. I'm fully adding brand keywords into negative lists because it's so naturally occurring. Julie replies to that saying, you also have to put in competitors as negatives now for your brand terms and even for some non-brand queries. I'm finding this a lot lately. I'd love to hear an explanation as to the ma- machine, as to what the machine thinks these terms are likely to convert and therefore show them our weight. Julie Vice continues, I've been adding competitors to my brand negatives for years because the auction gets so aggressive and we have compete." competing partners to think about competitive partnerships, competitive partnerships. So like, you know, competitors that are technically your partners. So maybe that's what I'm thinking in affiliates kind of world, cross company keyword overlap agreements wild. And Julia Vice gives her answer to question two saying, yes, we have some very brand sensitive clients think regional retailer competing with a national big dog. So we do separate brand from generic and then exact from phrase for easier management through the year, less needed on conversational public campaigns. And Julie gives her answer to question two saying, I do not have my campaign segmented by match type. I put phrase and exact in the same ad groups and separate them more by theme. If I were to run broad, I would do that in a separate campaign. Sean Ellie then replies to question two saying, not really, occasionally we will set up a broad match campaign separate from the other keywords to test, but just do it to control budget so as not to take away from phrase or exact and then mark just Just Mark replies to Julie going, this is exactly the kind of behavior Google ads is trying to discourage. So in terms of if I were to run broad, I would do that in a separate campaign in terms of yeah, separate campaigns. Travis replies, how many campaigns do you run at a time? I can't handle more than two, especially if we are running different systems like call of, um, CTU LHU versus ADND. Otherwise I lose the plot, plot thread on the various stories. And Sean Ellie replies to question two saying, not really, occasionally we will set up a broad match campaign separate from the other keywords to test, but just do it to control budget so as not to take away from phrase or exact. And Julie continues to that saying, important point about using broad match, those terms can quickly hog the entire budget. Absolutely. Which is why I'm not a fan of them. Tim Halloran replies to question one saying, exact and phrase, we will use broad for query filtering strategies, especially on newer accounts where we're still experimenting on which words work but by and large p and e's phrase and exact boris replies to question two saying no you might get away with on smaller accounts but the negatives outweigh the positives you just create more work for yourselves and you can't win the negative keyword battle. No, you can't. Sarah Steeman replies to question two saying yes, because I built them that way, but more and more I'm building phrases, only accounts and not even creating the exact and broad versions that I would segment into their own ad group robert brady replies question one saying i stick to phrase and exact pretty much have some broad keywords being tested here and there big exception is google grants where it's all broad james Verbode replies to question two saying yes it depends <laughs> lovely answer we like you to use one of the biggest reasons for this recently is when certain verticals map to too many competitive brand terms for broad and phrase match keywords like credit unions chiropractors dentists etc anything that business names are xyz chiropractor and yeah sarah steaman continues auto dealerships as well i think she works for an agency that mainly deal with auto dealerships tim Hallerman replies to question two saying generally i'm still doing the same all while being aware it works differently i'll make a phrase an exact ad group and sometimes a broad ad group and then hike up bid adjustments on exact and throttle broad to a level that's tolerable In the interim, Dylan online replies to question two saying, I don't segment match types, but if I have any DSA ad groups, then they'll usually go into their own campaign. Otherwise it's mostly phrase with a few extra exact matches in the same ad group. He continues. I have taken over accounts that have segmented match types, but I usually end up joining ad groups with all match types. And Anders replies to question two, saying, not segmenting match types, but segmenting campaign types. Instead, one client will have brand, smart shopping, PMAX products, etc. cetera. Alex Nicole replies to question two, saying, I used to, I've moved away from that in the last year or so. I intermix match types. Again, primarily phrase plus exact. Now I think close variant and my increased lean into the algorithm, it doesn't seem as necessary for me to segment. And we had Kirk replying to Julie where Julie had said, you also have to put a competitor's as negatives now for your brand terms and even for some non-brand queries. Kirk replies, yeah, I've seen multiple brands lately who think competitors are suddenly purposefully bidding on them. My guess is it could instead be unintentional close variants or broad match terms instead. Julie goes, it has gotten much worse in the last month or two, at least in my accounts. This is one of the things that I find frustrating with the current level of my learning learning maturity. If I wanted to advertise on competitor terms, I would run a competitor campaign. Instead, I get those impressions and sometimes clicks, but no conversion. Sigh. Um, Kirk replies, the only thing I'll note with that concern is that machine learning is using more than simply the keyword as a bidding signal. Not all competitors searching people are equal in intention and they're bringing in additional bidding signal- signals we don't see. It's tricky. In my opinion, Julia Vice goes, it's tricky, but the client budget is the client budget. If you suddenly go from no, no competitor searches to some competitor searches based on performance, great, but it's still a conversation, not yet a default in my opinion. Judy goes, yeah, I think machine learning does a lot better when there is significant volume in the account. It just struggles without high volume of both traffic and conversions. Shared example yesterday about learn versus course queries. Learn ones don't convert, but still are 27% of traffic. Kirk replies, the machine learning being utilized now can take things like individual user search history into play, as well as audience signals for that individual searcher. I do think it's more than just a high volume play at this point though certainly has back in the day and then james verboto goes yep it gets frustrating in my honest opinion when it's not learning fast enough and the budget waste is considerable and this is a huge change for google ads advertising julie goes the biggest reason to use search advertising used to be really fast results now a learning period is required just like on social. Yeah, Angelina Vasco, me explaining the new learning period to public sector clients used to push it live today at 11 a.m., please. <laughs> and then there's a gif of um, an actress smoking, not smoking, <laughs> down in a bottle of Prosecco. Totally different visuals. How did I get to smoking from down in a bottle of Prosecco? Maybe that's what I'm thinking of right now. Jilay Vice Plus, all their shiny new products are so focused on converse- conversions that there's no room to admit not everything works that way. Awareness is real, so make vid views at least a bid strategy. We have Ashton Clark, who yeah, responds to question two, and I'm still surprised that we're about 20 minutes in and we're still on the question two. <laughs> we go. We actively used test tested skags a few years ago, but have. Mostly moved away from this approach after updates to match types and close variants, we found that skags were driving similar traffic. And for those who don't know what skags are, that single keyword ad group. So every ad group had only one keyword. So it made more sense to consolidate a further segment by keyword theme or intent definitely segment by theme jillie goes very much a, a never skagger here oh never they were good to isolate and test on hyper specific terms but unscalable loads of busy work for not a lot of return james goes same the only thing we might do is segment exact match head terms if the volume warrants it and amit replies to question two saying we stopped segmenting by match type several years ago instead we'll segment by theme And then Julie then takes us on to question three, saying part of the argument for not segmenting match types in today's Google ads account is that the machine learning ML does better if you don't segment. Has this been your experience? Yes. You know, so the machine learning does better if you don't segment, basically, if you don't separate the volume, if you put more volume in a, in an ad group, then yeah, machine learning learns more because it has more data to work with. And john kagan replies to question three saying heard the theory fails to ever seen that to be accurate so he's not seen that to be accurate interesting julia vice i think just gives a gif but i can't see what the gif right now moving on sean ellie replies nope and then we have amit cabra going lmfao no and yeah i'm finding it interesting with all these the answers saying no because so basically Everybody's saying even with more volume, even with ad groups that have a lot more of the keywords, they're not seeing machine learning doing better. You'd actually argue, you'd think that it should be doing it better. Ah, oh, Lord, Google, if it's not even working in ad groups that have the decent volume, then what is machine learning actually useful for? At all. That's annoying. Boris Beckerik replies to question three saying mixed results. I feel like on bigger accounts, it might be the case. Absolutely. That's what I think. But on some of my smaller accounts, it doesn't make a difference or worse. So even on a smaller account, if you don't segment. If you segment, if you don't segment, it doesn't matter, right? Continued. Remember, keywords are just a means to show a relevant ad. So always need to be tightly themed, not just a bunch of keywords lumped together. Absolutely. And yeah, machine learning is still needing to get a long way in terms of um, understanding the intent. Alex Nicole replies to question three saying, to be honest, my decisions to move away from segmentation was as much about else of management as it was about the data. It's easier to just drop well-performing search terms as exact rather than put it in exact match ad groups and worry about negatives. Kirk replies to that, I don't think this is a bad way of looking at it, to be honest. If you are doing less button mashing, button mashing so you can have more time for strategic discussion, analysis, communication, etc., that's a win for the client. Complex accounts literally take more time to navigate around, report on, manage, etc. And it's easier for things to get missed when there are 200 live campaigns as opposed to 25. JDevice goes, I would give my left big toe for only 25 campaigns. Sometimes it can be fun running around a bigger space with things happening everywhere and his replies no your big toy is something for the sisters a real cinderella would simply drop a shoe and turn on p max then wait for the prince to show up mm, i don't know about that and andy goes p max is so hit and miss but when it hits really hits and as goes there he is and julia vice goes i found my prince and he hates advertising why get what you mean <laughs> that's funny oh And then we have Julie taking us on to question four saying, have you changed the way you set expectations for newly unsegmented or existing unsegmented campaigns in Google ads? And um, yeah, Julie Vice replies to that saying, luckily, no, our clients are very dialed and we've built a lot of trust. So overall expectations are about campaign goals and budgets, less about executional details. It takes a time investment to get here, but it's so worth it. And then we have Anders replying to question four saying changing expectations for Google ads. Over the years, we have come to make less and less promises. We are moving back into the marketer's real role. Analyze, hypothesize, explore, test, and optimize. We get paid for brain juice and operational excellence. Absolutely, not just to change the bids from 30 pence to 50 pence because you think that should be the keyword doing more. So yeah, I agree. A few more answers to question four. John Kagan goes literally running with different sets of KPIs depending on the audience segment or account structure. Kirk replies, we typically handle accounts reorganizations in one of two ways. The account doesn't perform well. We just reorganize because it's not like it's going to get worse. The account actually performs well. We transition campaigns into our ideal over time in small bits. And James replies, been doing this a lot lately as well. Kirk replies, it's all we can do sometimes that and sigh deeply or cry in the shower. (laughs) Kirk, I hope you're not crying in the shower. That's not nice. James replies to question four as well, saying mostly keyword segment by theme in ad groups. This hasn't changed much except fewer ad groups, new More reliance on machine learning and audience analysis. Julie replies to question four as well saying, yes, I have changed the way I set expectations for Google ads. The whole concept of a learning period for search ads is new. Recommend higher budgets for this period because there is just so much waste with bad matches. Need more patience for search which is weird, yeah, we all need patience. Melissa replied, this is an excellent point and one clients have a tough time understanding and accepting we are all used to instant results. Julie goes, it's huge and Google gives us nothing to work with to sell it. It's been 20 years of nearly instant results. That is a lot of precedent and expectations to unravel and reset. Clients don't want to hear about machine learning and how smart it is when it takes them backwards first. Yeah, Melissa goes right. The wild fluctuations in performance and spend as the machine learning is hard, as the machine learns is hard for clients to stomach. Just bookmarking this real quick for my next Google call. And we've got Sarah Steeman replying to question four, not necessarily other than a create way fewer keywords than I used to with long tail becoming obsolete in terms of segmenting when I take on accounts that aren't segmented I treat them as opportunities to learn versus immediately changing with my assumptions and in continuation to that Anders replies the long tail is still there you just can't see it in machine learning fog anymore yeah especially in like the all those hidden search queries I imagine and Alex Nicole replies to question four saying, yup, same here. Worded well, so I'm just going to steal this answer. What's the answer he stole? That's Kirk Williams go, going, we typically handle accounts reorganizations one of two ways. The account system, the account doesn't perform well. We just reorganize because it's not likely it's going to get worse. Lol, the account already performs well. We transition campaigns into our ideal over time in small bits. Ashton Clark replies to question four saying, our expectation setting hasn't changed dramatically because I think the same principles apply to both segmented and unsegmented campaigns. Either way, Google's algorithm has to go through a learning or data collection phase, which we communicate to the client. Ashton con- then continues, it's also helpful to phrase any new initiatives as a test. If it drives good results, great. If not, it was just a test. So we'll learn from it and iterate against again as needed. And on that very lovely note, the chat comes to an end, which is not surprising because I feel like I spend maybe like a good 10, 15 minutes on just the answers to question two. People had lots to say. And so, yeah, not many questions needed to go through. Yeah. Julie goes, uh, you know, thank you for joining today um, on this chat. And um, yeah, there's going to be another version of this chat on twitter spaces on thursdays 12 p.m eastern time that's 5 p.m gmt so yeah please join her there again but yeah if you have any questions about this episode or if you think i, I you know misspoke or didn't have any corrections for this do get in touch with me on twitter my dms are open on my handle the marketing anu or on LinkedIn. Yeah, we have the PPC chat roundup group on there, and we would love for you to join and share your thoughts. It would also be great if you're a long-standing member and a brand new listener to give the podcast a re- rating or a review. You can do that on Spotify, Apple Podcast, etc. The link to get there is linktree.com forward slash PPC chat. Um, underscore roundup. Again, that's linktree.com forward slash PPC chat underscore roundup and i also want them to do a fantastic plug i in i lived in the uk lived in london and for several years now and the only london conferences i was able to london paid conferences i've been able to go to where either as a speaker or somewhere where i had to pay like 500 to up to 800 pounds for a ticket. Well, I'm running a very affordable PPC Live UK event. That's what I'm calling it, PPC Live UK. Where, yeah, for about eight pounds, you can hear some of the amazing speakers that have spoken at Brighton SEO that do our paid media leads here come and talk to us about what's important in paid search right now. So if you're going to be in London on the 28th of July, please join us us there. If you go on my LinkedIn profile, it's the link on the home profile. And yeah, if you go on my Twitter, you'll see me tweeting endlessly about it. I'm also going to make it my home link (laughs) so that it's easy for you to get there. But yeah, it's an Eventbrite link. And yeah, I'm, I'm just looking forward to us, me talking locally in the UK with my UK folks about paid search and how it's changing. Yeah, on that note, please remember for your campaigns and businesses to glide smoothly. There's a lot of hard work needed beneath the surface. So keep your swans kicking. Bye and speak to you next week.